Welcome to Biospeak, the podcast for your biology starter pack. I'm your host, Luba, and together we will take a look behind the curtain of life. Let's get started. Hello, future biologists. Welcome to the third and final installment of our RNA series. Before we dive in, remember that we value your feedback and topic suggestions for future episodes. Feel free to reach out to us at biospeakcast at gmail.com. And by sharing Biospeak with friends, family and fellow students, you can be our ultimate hero, helping us reach more curious minds. Now let's jump into the episode. In our previous two episodes, we explored RNA's production, structure, functions, processing and compared it to DNA. In this episode, we will take a look at the three main types of RNA and take a quick tour to the RNA world hypothesis. Let's begin with messenger RNA, or mRNA for short. mRNA is the carrier of information, specifically instructions for protein production. It copies the required information from DNA in a process called transcription and conveys the protein recipe to the ribosome, the protein factory of the cell. If multiple copies of the same protein are needed simultaneously, multiple ribosomes can attach to the same mRNA, creating multiple copies of the same protein. mRNA essentially acts like a template, taking DNA's genetic code and transmitting it to the ribosome. In eukaryotic cells, transcription occurs in the nucleus, which is where DNA is locked up. After mRNA forms the template, it is transported through nuclear pores to the cytoplasm, where ribosomes are located and where the protein synthesis takes place. In prokaryotic cells, transcription and translation happen simultaneously. The reason for this is that RNA of single-celled organisms does not require modification, so as soon as the template is formed, it is ready to be used. The recipe for building proteins is encoded in the mRNA using codons, which are units composed of three nucleotides. Each codon corresponds to one amino acid, and since nucleotides share the same phosphate group in ribose sugar, the distinction of the codons is found in the nitrogenous base of the nucleotides. Therefore, every codon comprises a three-letter combination of the four letters of the nucleotides, A, U, C and G, forming what is called a base triplet. Once mRNA binds to a ribosome, another crucial player enters the scene, transfer RNA or tRNA. tRNA responds to mRNA's three-letter codons with an anticodon triplet. When the ribosome reads the mRNA code, it signals the tRNA in the cytoplasm, which gladly responds by delivering the required amino acids for protein production. tRNA has a distinct clover leaf-like structure. On one side, it carries an anticodon docking site, which corresponds to the three-letter codon on the mRNA. On the other side, it carries the specific amino acid, corresponding also to the mRNA codon. The anticodon region recognizes the codons on the mRNA and transfers the correct amino acid to the ribosome, facilitating protein synthesis. Since each tRNA molecule carries only one anticodon binding triplet and, consequently, only one amino acid, many, many tRNA molecules are floating around in the cytoplasm, waiting for their call. 
It is important to note that tRNA does not carry any genetic information for building things. Instead, it plays a vital role in facilitating protein synthesis. Without tRNA, ribosomes would not have the amino acids needed for protein production and in essence, life itself would be compromised. Now let's turn our attention to ribosomal RNA or rRNA, which as you might have guessed is closely associated with the protein producing ribosomes we have been discussing throughout this series. rRNA does not carry genetic information, but it is an integral part of ribosomes, serving as their main functional component. It contributes to the structural integrity of ribosomal units. In eukaryotic cells, rRNA is synthesized in the nucleolus region of the cell core and ends up being the most abundant RNA type, even more abundant than tRNA. After being synthesized, rRNA merges with specific proteins to form the ribosomal subunits. It is only when associated with these proteins that rRNA can leave the cell nucleus and reach the cytoplasm. Once ribosomes are assembled from these subunits, rRNA takes charge of the translation process happening within the ribosome. It binds to mRNA, reads the genetic code and helps the linkage of amino acids, delivered by tRNA to form proteins by catalyzing the formation of peptide bonds between the amino acids. This complex collaboration between mRNA, tRNA and rRNA serves as the molecular clockwork driving protein synthesis. Much like the gears in a Swiss watch, all components must work in harmony to maintain the system's functionality. To conclude our RNA series, we want to introduce you to a fascinating hypothesis that has intrigued scientists for decades in the debate over the origin of life, the RNA world hypothesis. This hypothesis theorizes that RNA molecules formed during chemical evolution served as the ancestors of all living things. After many years of scientific research and experimentation, this hypothesis has gained substantial credibility. The plausibility of the RNA world hypothesis can be attributed to RNA's unique properties compared to DNA and proteins. DNA stores genetic information but lacks the ability to perform any functions, while proteins are capable of functioning independently but cannot store information. RNA, however, is a versatile multitasker as it can store genetic information and execute various functions essential for cellular life. Although the hypothesis appears logical and valid, science demands hard replicable evidence. In experiments, scientists found that RNA can naturally form under specific conditions. RNA can also change its shape, mingle with its surroundings, interact with other RNAs and even help trigger chemical reactions. This raises a question. Why do we still call it a hypothesis? The answer is simple. Like a puzzle missing a few pieces, there are still some critical parts unexplained. Scientists are diligently working to fill in these gaps, keeping the RNA world hypothesis a subject of ongoing research. And remaining a work in progress, the RNA world hypothesis offers an exciting opportunity for future scientists to provide the missing pieces of evidence. With this, we wrap up our RNA series and hope that you now have a deeper appreciation for this remarkable and invaluable molecule. We'll see you in the next episode, where we continue our journey offering yet another glimpse behind the curtain of life.